Maybe you can guide us through this maze. He was slinging pawns at a B&B when he had an epiphany. And make a part in about time too about not playing the and It was free for all and I heard him say he bought my borderlands. But just sit back and let Spencer do his trick cause you're incapable A-A-M's. Hello and welcome to Keep Off the Borderlands. My name's Spencer, aka Free Thrall, and today I'm going to be responding to a few messages I received, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about Zine Quest and some of the zines that I have backed. So let's get on with those messages. Hey, Spencer Jason here. I expect that you expect me to call in and say, Oh, I'm so sorry I misinterpreted you. My fault. But I like my idea of monsters drugged up, dredged up by humanity's waste and inattention than, you know, some kind of emo, gothic, world of darkness, wannabe myth creatures wandering around. Okay, I'm just kidding with that. That's kind of mean. I'll probably pick up Vason. Or Vase. Yeah, I can't say it. So... But I'll probably still pick it up because it does sound kind of interesting provided it takes a different approach than the world of darkness crap. So anyhow, I do appreciate your clarification and I will take a look at it and offer still stands. Love to play. Either play in your game or you can play in mine. Talk to you later. Okay, to be fair, my last message was tongue-in-cheek about world in darkness and and comparing Vason to it that's not fair to Vason or to Free League um I, I I don't mind leaving criticism of world darkness out there but but I don't want to make it seem like I'm closed-minded and painted Vason in the same corner Arlen Walker over at um Life from Helen's Wasteland did it and actually did a review of Vason a while back I just I need to re-listen to it because there's so many reviews they all kind of blend together but you know, having taken a, a quick look at the art over in Vason, I I definitely th- think it is evocative. It does look good, and I am going to order it. I'm going to go to my local game store that does bricks and mortar where you order the book, the hard copy book, and get the PDF for free, and I'm going to go support a local business, so I'm going to do that today. So thank you for bringing it up and reminding me about Vason. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jason. Jason from Nerds RPG Variety Cast there. And I know you say you're joking about the comparison, but something has prompted you to mention World of Darkness. I don't really know much about World of Darkness at all, uh, beyond it being D10 dice pools, I think, and it being a contemporary gothic setting, vampires and werewolves and the whole host of games with titles that sound more like albums by the cult I don't really get the comparison to say something like Vesen other than maybe the more pagan elements of goth culture perhaps I realise 
I'm kind of conflating all kinds of things there, which just highlights my ignorance. But all I can say is that I've never really been drawn to the world of darkness as a setting, but I'm very much drawn to Vesen by the art and the setting. And no, I was not expecting an apology. I'm glad that it led to where it led, because your idea, this 70s atomic disco biohazard monster hunt, I love that idea. And I would certainly play in that game. But now you've got me feeling self-conscious and responsible for sending you out and purchasing Versen, a game that uses a system that you don't like. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's a wonderful book. It's a beautiful thing to have, and there's plenty in there that could be hung off of a different system if you wish to do that. But you're a grown man, it's your money, and it's up to you how you spend it. But thanks very much for your message, Jason. Really appreciate it. Take care. Yo, Spencer, I was totally picking up what you were putting down on your first episode about Weissen. I don't know if I said that right, but I tried. Also, yeah, Jason totally glossed over an amazing movie when he started talking about some weird-ass movie about a bear. The Prophecy, starring Eric Stoltz and Christopher Walken, is amazing. It d- rules. I know there's more than one. I haven't seen them, so I don't speak about those. But the first one is friggin' killer. It's oh, I love it. I'll watch it again all the time. Uh, And yeah, as far as the Industrial Revolution setting goes, I'll just quote one of my favorite bands, No Effects. Watson, it's really elementary. The Industrial Revolution has flipped a bitch on evolution. The benevolent and wise are being thwarted and ostracized. What a bummer. The world keeps getting dumber. Yeah, and I make that statement on my phone brought to you by the Industrial Revolution. Peace out. Great message from Joe Richter there. Thank you very much, Joe, of Wheel Are Woe and Hindsightless. Go capitalism. Well, um, the prophecy. Yes, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've seen that. It's got Christopher Walken in it, so there's no reason why I wouldn't have seen it. But uh must have been some time ago because I don't really remember it. But if you're that stoked about it, I'm definitely going to seek it out and uh, give it another watch. Thank you very much, Joe, for a great message. Take care, man. And who's this trudging up the autobahn in the pouring rain? It's Barney Dicker. And this is a response to my query at the end of my last episode about his intentions for the offerings to the ludic behemoth. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you're clearly not listening to the Loco Ludus podcast, and I advise that you rectify that immediately. Hi, Spencer. As you can probably hear, it's raining, and I'm walking into town. I'm calling to say thank you very, very much for your kind words about my game. League of Eternal Guardians and about the Ludic Behemoth that I invoked when I started my podcast. 
thank you ever so much for that. Um, and thanks, of course, for all of your uh, kind and constructive words in our, all of our exchanges and for your collaboration, comradeship and friendship and so on. So thank you ever so much for that. I'll start with the ludic behemoth. Uh, so this question of did I did I think of it as as a in the same similar way as this kind of Frankenstein's roleplay game thing? Yes, is the simple answer. Because uh, on you know I, I for 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 some time now I've I've thought what I'd like to collate everything all of those thoughts and suggestions that people have offered and kind of see what comes out of that. Um, at the same time, you know, I haven't got round to doing that. And at the same time, I, I quite like the looseness of it at the moment. I like it not being tied down or... Uh, categorized because what those ludic behemoth suggestions or offerings are are very much are very much are very much what what my my interviewees uh, are thinking about so they're they're kind of personal in a sense, and and so I like that. I like that. So let you know, see where all of that goes. Sorry if this is a bit loud. Good grief. And then um, something on the League of Eternal Guardians now. So. Uh, as uh, as people may know, I was going to put it into a Kickstarter zine quest this February, and I decided not to. And I'll go into reasons why I made that choice in a in in a podcast on local ludus. Uh, but it's really not gone away. The game's not going away because I think it's great fun as well. I really enjoy it, and I really enjoy the the group we've got going around it and all of the contributions that everyone's making, you included, Spencer, so thanks again. Um, so League of Eternal Guardians and that, and that connection to Basin. I've got one thing to say about that, and it's... And it is connected to this kind of folklore idea in the sense of uh, in the sense of archetypes. Uh, we have these supernatural creatures which are archetypal in all different kinds of ways, and we have characters who are archetypal too, I think. And and what I find fascinating when you when you dive into these 
archetypal realms is that one is one draws on familiar elements almost at every turn there's there's if you like a a marked absence of novelty everything is very readily understandable to everyone we've encountered these people or these things or these situations before many times over and what the, the, the work then the work for me as a designer or for us as players or games masters or artists or whatever I feel is the work is is the combination of those archetypal elements that's where the if you like the novelty is to be had the fun the vitality it's that that shifting things around and it's almost it's almost as if by by mixing them around which which games do so well compared to maybe literature or art but certainly in combination with them it's almost as if you're kind of rubbing these archetypal elements together and in so doing they kind of become if you like smoothed or damaged or chipped or something and that i think is perhaps where the novelty resides in those little chips elisions flaws so the more we move those elements around the more they become they their their appeal perhaps becomes re re-energized reignited something like that i don't know if this that sounds like complete and utter bollocks but um i think that's how i feel so um i'll leave it at that thanks ever so much again spencer and oh what i mean we, we played alluvial plains again the other night i loved that i thought that was great so i really I'm really looking forward to 2021 working with you on all these projects and just keeping the discussion going. So thank you ever so much. Bye-bye. A rather bracing message there from Barney. And I just want to say, Barney, that ever since listening to your first podcast episode, you've been somebody that I've wanted to get to know better. And it's been a sheer pleasure being able to collaborate with you, being able to play with you and just to consider you a friend. So thank you for that. Some interesting stuff there you were saying about archetypes, something that I'm very much drawn to, you know, Jungian archetypes, the tarot, the I Ching, archetypal stories, stuff of, you know, myth and legend and folklore. And I very much like this idea of mixing 
stuff, as you say, rubbing things together and seeing things being chipped off, taking these kind of universal, enduring ideas, tropes, genres, combining these things in ways that result in novel, interesting upshots. And perhaps the pinnacle of that is maybe uncovering some new truth. But then, I'm getting a little carried away with myself there. But um, yeah, I just find all that stuff very fascinating. So thank you. Thank you for a wonderful message. Now Barney mentioned League of Eternal Guardians there where he was considering releasing it as part of Zine Quest. If you don't know what Zine Quest is, it's essentially, um, this has been going on for the past three years. Each February on Kickstarter, people are putting out zines, small self-published things, either rule systems, game supplements, uh, just RPG material basically in the zine format and there's been a bit of debate about what constitutes a zine Kickstarter have put up their own guidelines about what they consider a zine it being something self-published generally um, printed in black and white and one additional colour and this general sort of knocked up in your shed, punk aesthetic. And I think Barney felt that what he wants to produce doesn't really fit in with that aesthetic, which totally makes sense to me. Although the other side of that is, uh, I mean, what's more punk than disregarding the guidelines? I don't know. Anyway, I don't really want to get into that debate. But it does give me the opportunity to talk a bit about some of the projects I've backed in this year's ZineQuest. ZineQuest 3. So just looking back through what I've backed already, and I'm surprised to learn that... um, I've backed nine of them so far. I hadn't realised that. Um, not good for your wallet, this scene quest. can be quite dangerous. But um, to be fair, everything is very reasonably priced and you are certainly getting your money's worth. Um, the first thing that caught my eye was the Vast in the Dark, which is a sci-fi setting uh, where you are exploring vast alien ruins which just the tone of it really appealed to me and that's by who's that by charles fergus avery exploring dark and alien megastructures in an infinite realm uh the next one to catch my eye was the drain now this is i'm sorry i'm just i'm looking these up on my phone So The Drain is another sci-fi, well, it's an adventure, uh, zero-level funnel for Mothership. 
Uh, each player runs four to five zero-level prisoner soldiers through a hellish battlefield of the colony ship within wheels. Mission is to win freedom by acquiring a legendary religious relic at the behest of their corporate jailers. That's by Ian Hewson and what drew me to that is the, the fabulous art. I mean, there's one that's certainly not not sticking to the guidelines. This thing looks uh, looks pretty remarkable. Then we've got the Witch, the Wolf and the Wedding. And um, this is by uh, Josephine Janasak Lezinski. Uh, one session tabletop RPG zine for two to three players, flavoured by Slavic and Germanic folklore and fairy tale. And um, it's just a theme that particularly appeals to me, echoes some of the stuff I've been reading recently. Players will take on the role of a child, a maiden or a knave, trying to survive the challenges set by the narrator alongside the dangers of the woods. Then uh, there's a couple by fellow anchorites. Now, you know, I'm always up for supporting fellow anchorites, but um, the stuff these guys put out is pretty fantastic. The first one is The Many Crypts of Lady Ingrade by Tim Schultz of Goffridge Manor. And uh, Tim put out last year Hunters in Death, which was a great little zine. Um, I actually backed the PDF, but later picked up a physical copy. I know Tim, I think he uh, screwed himself over a bit with the postage on that one last year. Hopefully he's addressed that this year. This one looks great, essentially. Um, Lady Ingrade is someone with a hatred of uh, thieving adventurers and basically creates these crypts to entice adventurers in with the hope of bringing their adventuring to a gruesome end. And then we've got The Lair of the Manticore by Frank Turfler. And uh, need I say more? I, I will say more. If you know his stuff, you'll know why I backed it. Located deep in the marshes, protected by a dangerous local fauna, and nearly impassable terrain, it is rumoured that a terrifying manticore has recently made his home here. Rumours spread fast and suddenly there is an odd stranger at the keep offering an extremely large reward for the live capture of the beast. Well, that sounds like a challenge. And also, I'm eagerly anticipating Josh Beckelheimer's Grimblade a rules light RPG. I think he's putting it up on the 6th, which may be up already, depending on when I get to put this out. But I'll certainly be backing that when it pops up. Big fan of his stuff. He focuses on uh, rules light, low prep, and helping DMs make life easy for themselves. So looking forward to that. Then we've got Through Altan's Door, issue 3. If you've seen the previous two issues, you'll know why I'm backing that because it's a great read and these are, you know, really 
beautiful looking things, inspired by the dreamers' tales of Lord Dunsany and H.P. Lovecraft, the lush weirdness of Clark Ashton Smith and William Hope Hobson. Through Old Tan's Door presents a vivid setting that can be run as a campaign or inserted episodically into existing games. Lavishly illustrated, and yeah, it certainly is that, and that's by uh, Ben Lawrence. Then we've got the Saunders uh, System Neutral collection of NPCs by Caverns of Heresy, and I basically backed this on the strength of Rogueland, which I spoke about a few episodes ago, a hack of Knave, which I was very impressed with. Then we've got The Haunted Hamlet and Other Hexes is a zine detailing four unique modular locations for your game. Now, Sean Walsh created Woodfall, which um, is a highly regarded dark fantasy mini setting. And also, last year's zine quest, I backed Willow, a grim micro setting, which, um, well, if I'm honest... I've yet to even look at that. But if you know anything about me, that's no surprise. And and one that I'd seen previously and wasn't sure whether to back it or not, The Knights of the Road. But listening to Pete Jones's episode, Dragons Are Real, talking about ZineQuest, pointed out that it's based on Into the Odd and that it was also extremely cheap. Two things that I'm a big fan of. So, there you go. Just wanted to add that I'm going to try and put links to everything in the description. And um, also shout out to Frothsoff of the Thought Eater podcast. His hump day bloggerama every Wednesday. If you're not listening to that, you certainly should be. Um, he's covering Scene Quest and uh, much more extensively than I am. Anyway, there'll be a link to his blog there, which has all the best links to all the best stuff. And that's also covering my arse, if I forget to include a link to anything that I've mentioned. Well, that's about enough from me, I think. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you so much for your calls. If you want to leave me a message, please contact me via the anchor link in the description. You can always email me or leave me an audio message at spencer.freeforall at gmail.com. There's a Facebook page for Keep Off the Borderlands. You can find me on Twitter and MeWe on the Audio Dungeon Discord and various other places on Discord as Free Thrall. I'd also like to thank TJ Drennan for the wonderful music he provides. And it just remains for me to say, take it away, TJ.
Warning, if celebrating the sound of dice hitting the table and pondering the meaning of the many acronyms within your player's handbook doesn't cure that burning sensation, please see your doctor.